Come on, give the Lord the praise and honor and glory this morning. Amen. Come on, just lift our voices and just praise Him one more time in this place. Come on, isn't it good to have the spirit of freedom, the spirit of liberty? Amen. It's wonderful to be able to come into your place this morning to worship Him, to give Him all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. And if you believe that, shout a big amen this morning. Glory to God. We'll turn around and wave at somebody, blow a kiss at them. Praise God. You may take your seats. Amen. So wonderful. Thank you, guys. That was just powerful today. Amen. To everyone watching online, again, we just thank you for tuning in this morning to people from different places, people back in the USA from different parts of the world. Thank you for tuning in. All Nations Church is the most wonderful place to be on a Sunday morning in Dublin, Ireland. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's a good place to clap right there. Amen. And I thank God that you, I believe that you have some of the most wonderful pastors in the world, pastors John and Joanna Ahern. Let's bless them this morning. I was telling everybody last night how proud we are of them for, for really just walking this out over this last couple of years. There's not one of us uh, really foresaw this coming. We have the scripture, we have the word. We know that in the end times, things will wax worse and worse. We didn't know that some of the things would happen. We didn't know that we were going through a global shutdown. We didn't know that there would be a pandemic. But yet the scripture tells us of different things. But yet we didn't know that it would happen in 2009, end of 2019 and into 2020. But here we are, and I just, I just, I just thank God for, for their perseverance, for their tenacity, for their stickability. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a wonderful thing to have pastors that love the Lord and love you and are willing to fight the good fight of faith for you, for each and every one of your families. And for that, I just want you to put your hands together again and bless them today in the name of Jesus. You know, as ministers, as, as, just, as, as just regular folks, no one will understand truly what we go through. The call, the call that God puts upon our lives, the things that the Lord asks us to do, requires of us. What God will ask someone else to do is maybe different to what God will ask someone else to do. But yet we must fulfill our part. We must fulfill and be true to our own conviction. Over this whole period of time, like your pastors, I've been telling people, you must live out of your conviction. You must live out of what the Spirit of God is saying to you. This was not a time that you could live out of my conviction. I can rally the troops. I can, you know, raise the blood. I can, I can get us to get a bit of a pep in our step and say, you know what, this, we're stronger together, all of those different things. But at the end of the day, there's not one of us can live out of another person's faith. We have to build our own faith. We have to build and increase the measure that was given to us. Amen. And this was a wonderful period of time to do this, to seek God with all our hearts. Why? Because even like before uh, these days, this pandemic, God's eye was looking throughout the earth to show himself strong in someone. Amen. Over the last couple of years, God's eye is still going to and fro the whole earth, looking to show himself strong in someone. And what I've been telling thousands of people throughout, throughout this last couple of years is this, simply, is that the job of the church did not stop the moment that COVID arrived. If anything, the job of the church became very clear when COVID arrived, is that we had to become that voice, that place of reckoning, that place of conviction, that place of faith, that place of belief. Like no other time in our history, in our lives, have we had to expand or deliver or to be seen to be what it is that Christ has made us to be in the earth. This may sound a little wordy this morning, but it is the truth. It is conviction that compels me. It is faith that causes me to apprehend and lay hold of what Christ has attained for me. If we can only be good in the good times, then really what are we? It's really in the bad times that God's goodness is really truly seen. And like what I've been telling a lot of people over this last few weeks and several months is this, is that you cannot see the stars without there being darkness. So darkness is really the time that we are seen, the church is seen. So when things get darker, it's our moment to shine brighter. When things get worse, it is our time to show God's goodness like there's never been a time to show his goodness. God did not stop being good when bad things happened on the earth. 
God's goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our lives. In Psalm 23, Scripture is not effective just when things are good. Scripture is effective at all times. And in all seasons, we give him praise. Amen? That's why Scripture says that we bear up and under the power of God's word because he upholds everything by the power of his word. So in good times and in bad times, in season and out of season, his word works, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm just so blessed to be here this morning. Over the last two nights, we've just had the most wonderful communion with God, the most wonderful communion with each other. We've social distanced, but yet we've been in the same house, amen, under the same roof. And for me, that is a blessing. You know, from us that come from this little Ireland, the most wonderful thing that we love to do is to get together. Our doors lie open. Amen. Have you got a bag of sugar? Have you got a cup of sugar? Have you anything? We are clannish and by nature. We love being... How many people understand what I'm saying today? We love being with people. Amen. And so this has taken us all by like by storm, that we can't even go next door. We can't even meet in the front yard. I know things are relaxed a little bit now, but I tell you, still, you can feel it. Still, you can feel that oppression in the air. Can I speak to that just for two minutes? The oppression in the air, what you feel, is spiritual. How many people understand that? Let me see your hands. Wave at me this morning if you understand this. It's not, it's not just a heaviness. It's spiritual. Over every country, over every region, over every city, there is a system of principalities and powers, devils, or the demonic. Many people in their everyday lives, they don't really think like this. They just, you know, just think normal, natural thoughts. You know, husband, wife, I'm on my own, whatever. You know, kids, getting the kids ready, getting out to work. We're busy with our lives. We, we don't think spiritual truly in, in, in every minute, on every hour, on every day of our lives, right? So, but yet, beyond our natural existence and our natural rhythm of life, our cadence, there is a world that exists beyond what we see. These principalities and powers, they have seats, they have thrones, they rule and reign over different regions and territories. So therefore, a lot of times when you sense, oh, I just don't feel good, there's just something not right about this, is what you're picking up and discerning spiritually is the operations of these systems of devils that rule under Satan, who is the God of this world. So when bad things happen in this world, never ever allow yourself to say, well, you know, I don't know why God allowed this to happen. God did not allow it to happen. You must understand that you were living in a fallen system. You are living in this world, and Satan is the God of this world. Are you all understanding me this morning? So therefore, to be immature and ignorant to say things, I just can't understand why God is allowing this to happen, you're really off slightly in your knowledge and revelation of the Word of God and, and the actual plan of God uh, when he brought Jesus to deliver us from such systems. And so I'm going to read to you some things this morning, if that's okay, and I'm going to go into how God wants to have you be revealed to the world at this time. He wants the uniqueness of who you are and the identity of Christ living through you as each person. He wants you to be revealed in this time so that we can stay the hand of these dark princes, these principalities and powers, that we can take authority and rule and reign in Christ, that when you feel this spirit that is coming against you, when you feel the oppression, when you feel the depression, we got off the plane, and, and we don't come from a perfect world living in Oklahoma. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was very apparent to me that because of the nature was so of the beast, the, the nature of what I am and my walk with the Lord, you know, when I got off the, the airplane the other morning into Dublin before I drove to the north uh, to visit with my family, I, I just, I just sense just the heaviness. Just, just even walking through the airport, Dublin airport, I, I, I could sense it, and it makes made me want to weep. And uh, I, I, I wasn't really ready for what I felt. Um, I was so excited to get home. I was so excited to see my family. Um, it's been a couple of years, you know, sitting down. Uh, I wasn't really ready, you know, for what I felt. And, you know, 
in the north of Ireland for many, many years, even before when we were growing up in the north, we, we, used to, we used to experience such liberty and such freedom. And, and we used to drive south and we used to think, oh gosh, you know, when you drive south, it just, it felt like darker and heavier the more southern that you drove. And you would have said, well, that's because you're from the north. No, <laughs> it just felt that way, you know. And, uh, but, the, you know, I thought, you know, as I would drive through the border, to the border and I would drive north, uh, I would start to feel lighter, you know. <laughs> This is just last week, and forgive my emotions this morning, but my heart is invested in this land. And uh, I, I drove, and you know, the more I drove north, the, the heavier and the darker it felt. And I said to Pastor Karn, I said, you know, this thing has flipped I said, you know, it felt not too good in Dublin when we arrived, but I tell you, it feels worse here in Northern Ireland, in six counties where God moves so powerfully. Do you know, recorded in the history books, there's never been a move of God recorded in history in the south of Ireland. We've had pockets of moves and pockets of revival, but what would be noted in the history of revivals and awakenings and moves of God, there has never been something that has rocked the earth from this land spiritually, from Patrick, from the days of Patrick. And I, these systems, what they do is that they, they take where there was a move and if people do not, in Christ, rule and reign, these demonics then fill the void. I hope I'm making myself clear this morning. I, I do not want to in any way frustrate your walks in the Lord, but I want to illuminate to the processes that are going on. Because if you let up in God, or you let up in your prayer life, or you let up in the authority that Christ has given to you, that you have inherited, then you are forfeiting your place. You are forfeiting your right to rule and reign as a king in this life. Romans tells us that. So therefore, when a believer does not take their place and they do not take their seat and they do not rule and reign and they become indifferent or complacent or they draw back, then a void is created. And the void does not stay as an empty mass. The void is filled by the activity of the dark side. If light is not in operation, then darkness fills that void. How many people understand that? It is light that dispels the darkness. And even in the deepest of darkest moments, you can see the flicker of the weakest candle. That's how it works. John tells us that darkness has never overpowered the light. So we have this confidence that even though our light may be, may be shining a little dim at this moment, amen, it's still, it's still brighter than the darkest darkness. <laughs> and so for me, traveling north the other day, it, it wasn't the homecoming that I wanted. It was a moment for me of realization that a great work must be done of a magnitude that I do not feel and I sense this in the South. You have been through hellish days and hellish moments. No one really can tell what you personally have been through and what you've had to deal with in your own mind. You know, these spirits, this sense that you feel of hopelessness that wants to just stare you in the face when you get another report that there's another variant and another variant, and another variant, and just when you were getting confident, and just when you were getting happy with going out, and doing all those different things, then, you know, the whole wheel and agenda starts to stir again. What you have to understand is that, you know, the media people are not our enemy. People in government are not our enemy. People in hospitals, doctors and nurses, are not our enemy. I hear people talk today like everybody is our enemy. But yet the Bible clearly says that we have one enemy, 
And he is the outlaw of our souls. He is Satan himself. He is the one that we must address in the authority of the name of Jesus and use the love of God to reach humanity. I believe that there's not one person on the earth that can't be reached by the love of God. If you believe that, shout a big amen. We are instructed in the word of God to pray for those in government, not to criticize them, not to, you know, lambast them. I, I, I feel for those in government. I feel for the doctors and the nurses. I, I feel for the professionals among us because not one of them signed up for a pandemic. Not one of them signed up for a job to try. And I feel for the ministers. I feel for the pastors. I feel just for the church right now. I feel for the world. Why? Because something is not right. Even beyond what we see, something very sinister is in operation. But don't look to man in their sinister ways. Yes, there is evil men among us. Yes, there are renegade souls. Yes, there are rascals that are at work to do us wrong. But we must look beyond that, and we must look to the plan and the purpose of Christ. That For Jesus, he was sent because God loved the world with all his being. There's a work to be done in this land, and we need you. There's a work to be done. And if you hear me this morning, there is a work to be done. There are people's lives that need to be touched by the proshtamaya, by the love and the purpose of God. We can pray in our homes and we know that we pray from the seed of Christ. And that's a very powerful place. But I'm telling you, humanity, Humanity needs to be touched by that love of God, and we cannot do that in the isolation of our homes. We cannot do that by the stream of Zoom. We cannot do that by just church online. We are living beings. We are supposed to be together. I understand the reality and the wisdom of men trying to keep us apart, but when you were born to be together, then you act to be with others that love the Lord with all their heart, with all their mind with all their soul. I understand. I wear my mask. I understand. I do what I'm being asked to do. I commend you in this room and in this church. Your diligence to keep people safe and to keep them protected is an outstanding thing to watch. I salute the pastors and the people of this church to diligently do what we're being asked right now. But if you think that it's just okay for us not to be together, you have to think again. Because what the enemy wants to do is he wants to bring it to a place that the church never ever meets again. Why? Because he is afraid of the church getting together. You see, to some, it's just a church service. But to God, it is the body coming together. To God, it is the function and the facilitation of the body coming together. And you say, well, that's just because you're a pastor and a preacher. No, it's not. We have taken our responsibility as believers over many years, Karna myself, and we went to church when no one wanted to go to church. We went to church five times a week with children. Even when I had my job, you would find me getting out of the job early so that I could just be at church. Why? Well, that was because you were destined to be a preacher. It wasn't. I wanted to love the Lord thy God with all my heart, with all my soul, and I wanted to be with the people. Why? Because that was part of the four things in Acts chapter 2 that we were instructed to do. It was the fellowship of the saints. And Hebrews 10 tells us that as you see that day approaching, we are to gather all the more. It didn't put a caveat in there to say except when there are pandemics. It just simply said, when you see that day approaching, you are to meet more. What does more look like in a day like this? There are oppressive, depressive devils that are at work to render you a mess. They are there to render your family as a mess. They are there to steal, kill, and destroy. But we must never forget that Jesus came to give us life and to have that life in abundance. In reference, it means Zoe life. It talks about the God kind of life. So therefore, we cannot live just as mere mortals, uh, just, just living uh, 
here on the earth, you know, just hoping and praying that we make it through when God has given us the power and the ability and the wisdom beyond this world to combat these dark forces that want to cripple our existence. We didn't sign up for this. I was born in 1968. I never thought in all my days and all my dreams, I thought that something like this would happen, and to my shame possibly, I thought that something like this would happen in the tribulation period. I never thought that this would ever happen before the rapture of the church, but here we are. But we are equipped for this, and I want you to shout it out. I am equipped for this. God has appointed you the great honor and the privilege to live in this day. And God would never ever assign us a time to live if we did not have the ability and the anointing and the power to deal with these things. I need you this morning, ladies and gentlemen, not to look at this COVID-19 and this pandemic as just something that is merely just natural. I know the scientists are working overtime. They're looking on strains and looking at variants and they're looking at all these different things and they're working overtime to find vaccines and all of those different things. But we, the church, also have a job to do to work overtime so that we can find the right words to say at the right time that they need to be said and to do what it is we, the church, need to do. Just like the scientists have a job to do and the doctors have a job to do and the politicians have a job to do. We, the church, have a job to do and we cannot allow a void to take place you say you're a little bit eccentric pastor paul a little strong a little maybe just a little bit ott but but these powers that are at work are definitely ott they're extreme they're extremely dangerous they're extremely devilish and evil and they want to hurt you They want to cripple you and they want to rob from you, not just your life. They want you, if even you stay alive and you beat the virus, they want, these devils want you to live depressed and oppressed and suppressed for the rest of your life. As a born again believer, we were not assigned that job. He said, the joy of the Lord is our strength. He said, in his presence is fullness of joy. Why did he give us this joy? Because he knew that the oppression of these dark princes would try to rob us of our strength. That's why we need to retain the joy, love, peace, righteousness in the Holy Ghost. That's why we need the power of heaven. That's why we have to enforce the victory of the church, the victory of the church, the Christ in the name of Jesus. We have to rule and reign. We have to take authority over because I've said it for years that if we do not exercise our authority as the church, authority will just automatically be taken over us. I pray that you understand this this morning because in a very short time, I am giving you a lot. I have given you a lot in just 23 minutes. I want you to go to Ephesians 1. Can I just take a few more minutes of your time? How many people give me five minutes? Let me see your hands. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 30. We didn't even start this side. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, relax. Just chill, baby. Let's just have a moment. You listen to the news all that 30 minutes, an hour. You're listening to the news, listening to the news, listening to the news. How much time do you give to the news? I give nothing to it. I hear notifications and snippets, but I will not give myself time, my time over to contributors telling me what they think is going on when I have the Word of God that tells me what I need to know that is going on. I don't need to know what the world is doing. I need to know what my part is. Thank you for listening to me this morning. I fixed my hair real good for you all. You wouldn't be finished your introduction yet. Praise the Lord. You're very gracious. We finish at one. You know, I look at this billboard right in front of me, the home of champions. 
That was a good place to clap right there. People don't understand you. People will say, I don't know why Pastor John is doing the things he's doing. Well, that's okay. They're, they're not part of what Pastor John and you are doing. Don't allow what the questioning of others to in any way interrupt what it is that God has planned for you to do. I stopped listening to people years ago. It was the greatest moment of my life. Because everybody and their dog has an idea what you should be doing. I mean, people understand this. Everybody knows better than what you know. I don't even know why you're having service in a moment like this. It's totally irresponsible. No, if you're listening this morning, you are irresponsible. Because you are denying the operation of the church to a world that is dying and spinning out of all regularity into chaos. Satan is the author of chaos. You never must, you never must, must forget this. And people will come with their great wisdom and their great words, and they'll try to tie you up with their great science, but yet they forget that what we're dealing with is not natural. It's spiritual, and it can only be dealt with spiritually. This may be outplaying itself as a virus. This may be outplaying itself as something else. This may be outplaying itself as people think of one world government and, and all of those different things. No matter what's playing out, I have to play out also. And the job of the church has to be in the face of everything that is going on now. So you must not stay silent because your silence is approval. I'm going to say that one more time. Your silence is approval. I'm going to try that one more time. Your silence is approval. That's why when I listened to your pastor over this last couple of years, at times cried, praying for him, shouting from my seat in, 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 in Oklahoma over the, just, the, 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 just the guts that he had just to really stand up to it and say, you know what? There has to be a voice. There has to be a sound. I, I mean, I may not be the best. I may not look like the best. But you know what? At least I can, I can stand for what I believe the Bible says. How many people know that that is a wonderful thing to have as your leader? I said, how many people know that's a wonderful thing as your... I mean, he could just be a mutton dummy sitting there just thinking, well, guys, you know, praise the Lord. You know, just hunker down. You know, run for the woods. Head for the caves. Do what you need to do. But he chose not to do that. He chose to stand up for life. I'm going to say it again. He chose to stand up for life. I'm going to say it again. He chose to stand up for life. I can see you all. Clap your hands. Everybody in this room, clap, clap, clap onto Jesus. In Ephesians 1, it says this. This is me. That was just my introduction. Thank you. Blessed, in verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him. Before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us, to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Say that with me, I am accepted. And then verse 7, it's simply just massively two words, in him. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made us made to abound toward us in all wisdom. Everybody say wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will. Made known to us the mystery of his will. I'm going to say that again. Made known to us the mystery of his will. 
So there are things that are very godly that God wants to reveal to each and every one of us about our lives and about a time that we're living in right now in 2021. We are coming to the close of another year, ladies and gentlemen. What does 2022 hold? I believe it's going to be the greatest year yet. If you believe that, shout a big amen. Why? Because I am in him. He is in me. I am in Christ. Christ is in me. I'm not looking at the despair of the world. I'm looking at the joy that is set before me. That's what Jesus did. He endured the cross because of the joy. You can't endure this world that we're living in right now if you cannot find the joy. It's the joy that propels us. It's the joy that puts within us momentum. It's not, oh my God, here we go again. Another variant, another this, another that. You know, getting all frustrated over a mask, getting frustrated over social distancing, getting frustrated over vaccines, getting frustrated over, everybody's frustrated. Get rid of the frustration. Choose your fight. Everybody's fighting. You know, like the Apostle Paul, I was going to say Pastor Paul, like the Apostle Paul says, beating your adversary in the air, you know, just boxing in the air. I mean, that's what people's doing. I mean, getting mad about this and mad about that and mad about the other thing. And mad. Everybody's just mad. Well, he makes me mad. She makes me mad. Stop saying that. You don't want to be mad. Every day, get up and say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You say, ah, I've been in this faith work for years. I mean, I've tried all of that there, and I'm still depressed. (sighs) Please, get up and shout a while. How many people have ever read a book on Smith Wigglesworth? Let me see your hands. (laughs) How many people have not read a book on Smith Wigglesworth? Let me see your hands. Praise the Lord. You get your hands on one of them, but he would get out of his bed and he would dance beside the bed before he ever left the bedroom. Some you need to get your dance back. Some you need to get your joy back. Some you need to stir up the gift of God. Amen. And say, oh my God, I'm going to church. <laughs> Coming in with your, you know, next thing, you know, PPE. PPE outfits. I mean, coming in with big gas masks and all of those different things. I mean, there's 45 variants around. What are we going to do? We're going to finish the course. We're going to run our race. We're going to do what it is that the Lord has kept us on the earth to do. It is spiritual, ladies and gentlemen. It is playing itself out naturally, but it is spiritual. Thessalonians tells us why we are still here. Did you ever ask yourself, why didn't you just go to heaven the moment you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? That would have saved us a lot of grief. We wouldn't have to be here and pay bills, receive the letters with the crown on it. You think I wasn't listening? I listen in church. It would have been just much happier if when the moment we received Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, poof, up we go, and the body falls to the side. Deal with it, if you will. But we're here in this sorry mess of a world. It's decaying. It's groaning, Scripture says. And it is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. Look at your neighbor and say, that's you and that is me. It is groaning right now. It is quaking and under the strain. And you're still here. Well, I tell you, I just I wish I wasn't. I wish I was in heaven. No, 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 don't, don't you be saying that because you don't wish you were in heaven. You want to live out your life long and strong. You want longevity. You want to fulfill the purpose of God here on the earth. Can I see your hands if that's you this morning? Say, well, I could just go to heaven right now and I'd be happy. Come on, Jesus. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. But the truth of the matter is, there's a lot of people among us. You want to get married. You want to have your babies. You want to do all these different things. It's a very rare occasion that you'll find one person that says, I wouldn't care nothing, I'll tell you, rapture, take back. <laughs> no, because we don't really understand what's beyond that moment. How do our relationships change? What, is all of that, what does all of that look like? So we're happy to grin and bear the moment. 
It's spiritual, ladies and gentlemen. You'll never ever deal with this in a natural way. You must rise and take your place, take your seat. Let's read the Bible. Go with me, please, to verse 15. I haven't even got to my notes yet. But we have tonight again. 7.30. And for all those people that registered for this morning, we know who you are. And we will be looking for you tonight. After this message, you better be here. Verse 15. A little subtitle at the top of this says, Prayer for Spiritual Wisdom. How many people believe that you need spiritual wisdom right now? Look what it says. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom, not just wisdom, the spirit of wisdom. Now, right in there, Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11, and in your own time, I want you to go back because it talks about the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the spirit of knowledge and the reverential fear of the Lord being on the Lord Jesus. So here it is now, we're talking about the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we may know, everybody say that we may know. So therefore, we are not the ignorant. We are not bereft of knowledge. We are not bereft of what we need to know about the time we live in. We shouldn't be listening to the news and listening to every report. We should have the guide in the inside. 1 John 2 says that we have received an unction from the Holy One, and we know all things. Everybody say, all things. But I guess then you could say to me, but that's for people that are spiritual like yourself, Pastor Paul. Honestly, you live in the real world, man. I mean, get yourself a real job. Get yourself a real life. I mean, you're just, you know, titting around there, you know, dressed up to the nines, just thinking, you know. Because a lot of people don't think that I have a real job. They don't think that there's a real life. They don't think that your pastors do anything other than show up here looking fancy at meetings. Yet we have a daily load of ministry, the Apostle Paul says. There's a war, ladies and gentlemen. And the war is on. I've spoken it for years. I told people over the last 23 years of ministry, persecution is coming. I would continually tell people, persecution is coming, persecution. I would have faith preachers, faith people tell me, you need to stop telling people that. And then somebody might want to tell me now, as you talked it into being, Pastor Paul, that I talked all this persecution that's going on in the world now into being. No, I did not. I was informing the church that the Spirit of the Lord had told me through the Word of God, by the Spirit, that persecution is coming. You are living in the emergence of persecution of the modern era. It's rising. It will happen in our homes, it will happen in our workplaces, it will happen in different places, persecution is arising. But I also put it on top of that, that we're living in the days of the greatest sweeping of souls that we will have ever seen into the kingdom of God. And just when you think that hell has just taken your home, God will turn it around in a second. Our loved ones are coming to heaven with us. If you believe that, shout a big amen. Our children are coming to heaven. Our husbands are coming to heaven. Our wives are coming to heaven. Our brothers and sisters are coming to heaven. Somebody give the Lord praise and honor and glory. They are not going to hell, nothing, nothing, nothing anytime soon. And even if they want to check out and die, they will get the Lord Jesus in their heart as their Lord and Savior before they leave this earth. If you believe that, give the Lord praise and honor and glory. Why? Because I have a covenant. And that's one thing that we must never forget in this desperate age that we're living in. We have a covenant with God. 
And you want to thank God that you were part of a church like this because what it is that you don't have on your own is made up among the other strong believers that you are part of. You may be this morning just holding on with your fingertips, not even understanding a word I say, but you come to this church. You never pray a dot. You never say the name of Jesus. You only just listen to worship on the, on the, on the radio, whatever like that there, but you never do anything yourself. You want to thank God that you are part of a church like All Nations Church. Why? Because it is holding you. It is keeping you. It is keeping you strong just because you are part of this. You think that you're just winging it and getting through? It's not. It's because of what you're part of. I'm going to say it again. It's because of what you're part of. That's why I always say, if I wasn't anything in my own right, if I could just get with people that were, then by default and by the blessing of association, what's on them will automatically come on me. How many people's receiving something this morning? I feel like I'm going from Billy to Jack and all over the place, but you know, I believe it is the Spirit of the Lord. Shut it out, I'll never be the same again. So look at this. He says about this wisdom. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory and his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him. Look at this now, guys. Look at your Bibles. Look at your phones. Ephesians 22. Ephesians 20. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above. Everybody say far above. Far above what? Far above these principalities and powers that I talked about at the beginning of this message. Seated him, seated Christ at the right hand of the Father, far above. Everybody say that again with me, far above. So is Jesus subject to these powers? No. Jesus defeated these powers. He rendered them useless. He stripped them, the scripture says, and gave us authority. Look at this in verse 21. Far above all principality and power, might and dominion, in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. In every name that is named, COVID-19. He is far above it. Can I have a big amen? amen? And he has put all things under his feet, verse 22, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills all in all. We are that body, ladies and gentlemen. So let's take a look now at chapter 2. And it goes simply on to say, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, but you're not anymore, because look at verse 4. But God, who is rich in his mercy because of his great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, where is Christ? You say, well, Jesus is in my heart. Well, technically, Jesus is not in your heart. The Spirit of God, by the power of God, accepted the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and recreated you to be born again by the Spirit of God. You have God living in the inside of you, of course. And by God, you could say the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But when you look at things in its reality, Jesus is not in your heart. He is at the right hand of the Father. Can I have an amen? amen. It's a beautiful thing to accept Jesus into my heart. But really, it's a cute prayer, but really Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. What we are doing really is accepting the substitutionary work of Christ Receiving Jesus as our Lord and Savior and the power of the miraculous goes into operation and recreates us and causes us to be born again. 
Hallelujah. But Jesus does not come from the right hand of the Father to, to sit in everybody's heart. He has a job, a function. He's at the right hand of the Father. And Scripture also says he forever makes intercession for the saints. <laughs> Is this okay, Pastor John? So Ephesians 2 says this, but God, in verse 4, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, the grace we have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen? So we have been raised up spiritually. Our physical man, our soul, what you could say, our capacity to think, feel, senses, we're here physically. But spiritually, we have been born again, recreated anew, a new creation has appeared. That was the moment of the miraculous rebirth. We have been connected to the Father through Jesus Christ. Everything that was broken has now been made whole. Everything that was breached has now been repaired. Everything that Adam did before Jesus, Jesus uh, accomplished, fulfilled. Amen. He brought it back into a phenomenal unison. He created a, 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 uh, a, 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 an availability for us now to come to the Father through Jesus. And if that wasn't good enough on its own, now he's given us the wonderful position of seating us with Christ at the right hand of the Father. So if Christ is above these principalities and powers, we are in Christ, Christ is in us, we are above these principalities and powers also. And it is these principalities and powers that are causing this mayhem on the earth today. It is not God. Please don't ever ask, why is God allowing this to happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? I just don't understand why God is allowing this. It has nothing to do with God. God fulfilled his responsibility in Jesus Christ. And when Jesus rose to the right hand of the Father, he says, <laughs> this power, this authority, I now give to each and every one of you. So therefore, Jesus fulfilled his obligation as the substitution, as the work of Calvary, as the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Jesus fulfilled why he came, and you must fulfill why you are here also. We love to camp out in the greater scriptures. Greater works than these shall you do. You know, greater works. And we need to do all these different things. But when does that kick in? When you don't need faith, when you don't have a pandemic, when you don't have anything like this, when do we need the greater works? I mean, we can slap ourselves happy. Well, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Drink anything deadly and you will not die. We love all those scriptures, but when, ladies and gentlemen, does it kick in? I want you to lift your hand and say, today's the day. Come on, lift your hands and say, today is the day. Say salvation. It's coming to my house. Sozo is coming to my house. Healing, deliverance, salvation, freedom. Well, I've been in this that long. That's what's wrong with you, brother. You've been in it that long. You're just a dead man walking. Knowing all the right things, saying all the right things, knowing how to... Talk the word, walk the word, and you know how to just slap every blast, oh, too blessed to be stressed. You've got your bumper sticker. Tell everybody you go to all nations. Some will be happy about that, and others will not be happy about that. But who cares? You get the privilege of being part of this. Anybody ever speaks to you negatively about this church, you just need to lift your hands and say, thank God. Don't ever get in tune with them. Don't ever get in their old misery. I just don't know how you've been getting together in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, 
you want to know what's happening in the church. Oh, I tell you what you see online is only a small part of what God is doing among us. You never allow the world and that spirit to talk it down because it's not men talking, it's spirits that are talking. So you want to allow the spirit of God to rise within you. And every time somebody says something negative about your pastor, you just, oh, I tell you, a wonderful opportunity to say something right here. Hey, praise the Lord. You had your moment. Now listen. I'm like that. You don't speak ugly about people that I love. Thank you, my brother. You don't speak ugly about anybody that I love. I'm telling you because I'll tell you, I will let you know your pedigree very quickly. Because you want to talk somebody else down, ladies and gentlemen, you are talking yourself down. You are talking out of both sides of your mouth, and I tell you, you do not know what spirit you are of. And there's people out there, they think they're the correctional facility of the church world. They think anything slightly that looks wrong, they have to write it. But one day they will get their comeuppance. One day they will get their recompense. One day they will reap what they have sown. Because God will not have people interfere with his plan and his purpose. When you find somebody that wants to stand for Christ, shout out for Christ, and walk the walk of Christ, you want to get in line with them and say, I don't even understand it, but I'm telling you, if he's able to do it, I'm able to do it too. Praise the Lord. If God can look after him, he can look after me too. Doesn't mean to say the snakes aren't going to bite you. The Apostle Paul was on his way to Rome. Couldn't get any worse. Had a shipwreck. Anybody had a shipwreck recently? I mean, a shipwreck. You've been out in a boat recently? The next thing you're throwing all your possessions overboard, and then you have a supernatural experience. All in, all in the midst of the one thing. This is crazy. Then they come on to Malta. They thought they would dry out at a fire. And in the middle of the fire, how could you? You just couldn't, you couldn't dream it up. Just when you think it's bad, then it wants to take a turn for the worse. Here it is. A snake in the fire. And grabs a hold of Paul. And Paul lies down and swells up and dies. No, for those of you who read your Bible, you know he didn't. He shook it off and he lived. I want you to lift your hands and say, it's time to shake this off in the name of Jesus. Come on. It is time to shake it off. It is spiritual. And it wants to bring you to a place of being completely incapacitated, immobilized, and going through the motions of tradition, saying all the right things, but yet denying the power thereof. I'm nearly finished. I see people starting to move. Ushers, close the doors. No, don't close the doors. There's supposed to be a breath of air blowing through. Praise the Lord. I don't know what the wisdom in that is, blowing it all around the place. I have no idea. You think it's going to blow in one door and blow out the other door? I have no idea. I mean, is the praise the Lord. Somebody knows more than what I know. But you are compliant and freezing at the same time. <laughs> Did you get anything out of this today? We need you, ladies and gentlemen. Ephesians 4. This is where I'm going to jump into tonight, if you're interested. I have a lot to say. But really the crux of it is, is we are waiting on you. We're waiting on each and every one of you. We're not waiting on Pastor John and Joanna. You're not waiting on us. You're not waiting on anybody else. We're waiting on you. God is waiting on you. God placed himself within you so that you would be here for such a time as this and that you would become a restraining order. Everybody say that with me, a restraining order. That's why you're still here and you did not depart this earth the moment that you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He needed the body of Christ to be here to fulfill a function. When we signed up for this, I wish he would have given us, you know, just the lowdown, you know, that, that okay, end of 2019, going into 2020, you better be ready, you better be prepared because COVID's coming. 
It was amazing. Very rare did the prophets tell us something of this magnitude was coming. The rarity of it all. No, prophets today, they want to tell us, you know, you're like a diamond. You know, at the minute you're kind of rough, but God's going to knock the edges off you, and one of these days you're going to twinkle, 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 twinkle. You're like a flower, but God's brightness is going to shine on you, and you're going to open like that flower. Wants to move among us, you know, like God with stardust, you know, just putting stardust all over the top of every single one of us. Like, you know, praise the Lord, didn't feel good here, but now I feel, woo, baby. Because somebody somewhere in the church sprinkled stardust over me. But you see, now we're getting an opportunity because we can't even pray with each other here. So now we're getting an opportunity to live this out of our own faith. Our prayers are working because there's no distance in the spirit, absolutely. But now you're getting an opportunity to live this out of where you're at. And that is revealing a lot, let me tell you. Because if we don't have what another person has, instead of acquiring that, then we start to make excuses for not having that. And usually the excuses are not at your expense. The excuses are always at someone else's expense. Why? They didn't, she didn't, they wouldn't, I don't know why they are. You see, for people, it's easier to stay home right now. Maybe I shouldn't say this. It's easier for people to stay home right now. Because really what they're saying is, I don't have the faith to be among other people. But we have an opportunity to have faith. Like what I said earlier, you can't live out of Pastor John's faith. You can't live out of my faith, but you can grow your faith. And if you can go to the store, if you can go to Tesco's, if you can go different places, ladies and gentlemen, you can come to church. And people don't think for one minute that God is going to actually hold us responsible for these things. And I do believe that there may be a question when we go to heaven is, what did you do with my church during the pandemic? What did you do when everything wanted to fall apart and the wheels come off? What did you do? Did you stand alongside? Did you become a team? Did you grow together? Did you become stronger or did you allow it to become more fractured and play into the hands and the works of the enemy? Today, I believe that all nations is part of the plan and the purpose of God. Today, I believe that you're an amazing group of people. I believe that God's hand is upon you. And I believe, for the most part, many of you are making the right decisions to stand with your pastors, to stand with the plan and the purpose of God, and to receive the conviction of Christ personally, of the day and the hour that you're in. Thessalonians, and I will finish with this. Jason, would you come please play for me as I wrap this up this morning? Thessalonians says that the Antichrist is coming. The Antichrist will not be able to be revealed, ladies and gentlemen, until we, the church, are taken away. That does not mean to say that the spirit of Antichrist or the early days of his appearance is not at work. I do believe that what you sense and what you feel in the world today is the spirit of Antichrist. I believe that there is an Antichrist system that is rising. I believe that there are people even innocently, even in governmental circles, buying into a paradigm and buying into a narrative that they don't even know because they've never read their Bible and they've lived in traditional religious circles, some bereft even of that. So how can they know if someone doesn't tell them? That's what the scripture says. But we, that's why we're here. Because one day some were, a government official might even be watching a service like this and hear for the first time the play out of scripture like what I've said this morning and what your pastors so eloquently do week in week out but there's a lot of people out there they're doing things just because it's all they know to do so if we go silent and we just preach 
motivational messages and we never give people the truth of what's going on, then how will people truly stand responsible to make educated decisions? There's many people out there, they don't even know that they have an option. They take medication for depression because they don't understand that it's spiritual. And I'm not knocking medication. I, I thank God for medication. I thank God for the medical profession. You've heard me say it over and over and over. I feel for the medical profession. I thank God because if it hadn't been for the medical profession, many of us in the faith world would be already dead. I say, Pastor, this was a hard message this morning. I don't believe it was hard at all. I actually think I was very sweet. <laughs> very cute, very sweet, very bald but I don't need to spend my money on hair product. So what are we going to do about this? What are you going to do about this? All nations don't let your pastors walk on their own. Circle the wagons. Circle them, enclose them. With your prayers, first and foremost, ensure that they are covered by the power of prayer and the work of heaven. The restraining order of the church needs to be at work. Or if we, we fail to fulfill the plan and the purpose of why we actually exist. And why we're raised up to sit at the right hand of the Father above these demonic systems. When you walk out today and you leave service, look up at the sky and just know that what you see may be, it's definitely not sun, clouds. But way beyond what you see in an unseen realm are systems just above you of demonic powers. And you may dismiss me this morning and say, just a crazy prophet from America, just, you know, praise the Lord. Next week we'll be back to normal. But I pray to God that this message sticks, sticks in your gut, gets in your blood, gives you some understanding of why you exist, gives you some reality of why all these things are going on. And I remind all nations this here, beware when people speak well of you. Jesus says, if they hated me, they will hate you also. Satan hates righteousness. He hates the power of Christ. Lift your hands all over this room. Come on, just worship him with me right now. Out of your mouth, out of your heart to God's ears. God's plan, God's purpose, God's ways. Why are you here? Ask yourself a question right now. Why am I here? Ask yourself a question. Why have I went through everything that I've went through? What is really going on? God, what is it I'm supposed to do? How is it that I'm supposed to do it? Where am I supposed to do that? With what am I supposed to do that with? And if you look for those answers, you will find them. God wants to meet your needs spiritually, emotionally, financially. He wants to meet your, meet your need in every area. So there's a wisdom of God that is available for each and every one of us. It's a spirit of wisdom and spirit of revelation. I've already told you that, but I'm reiterating the message. And like what I said a minute ago, the banner in front of me with my eyes fixed on it couldn't be more true to how I feel about this church, to how I feel about your pastors, to how I feel about this work. I believe that this is the home of champions. But it doesn't mean to say that champions don't get a little discouraged once in a while. I will finish with this, David. 
came back from a tremendous victory, fighting enemies all around. And he came back with this man. And you would have thought he would have come back to a wonderful homecoming with his family and friends and his possessions. But yet he came and he found that his families were stolen, taken. You find that their homes were burned and all possessions were taken. And David, being discouraged was one thing, but his men were so discouraged by what they found. They too wanted to take David and stone him. But the scripture says with tears, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Do you know what that tells me? There's the power within ourselves to encourage ourselves like no one else can encourage us. That sometimes even as champions, we can get to a place where tears want to run down our faces. We can come to a moment where we feel like what else could go wrong. But it's that moment that we kick in and we push into him and we find our resolve. We find what makes us work. We find what makes us tick. We find the one who saved us, delivered us, freed us. We find the one who makes us everything that we are. And that's what David did. In 1 Samuel chapter 30 says that David, through tears, recovered all. And I declare over this work today, lift your hands and receive this. I declare over this work today that you will recover all. That no weapon formed against you, all nations, shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you will show to be in the wrong. Fuel ahead, forge ahead. Be what you are, stay the course. Follow rank and file, be the army of God, be encouraged in the Lord. Receive the joy of the Lord, the peace that passes all understanding. Receive the power of the Holy Ghost. Receive the mandate, receive the assignment, receive the orchestration of heaven. That you will find rest for your souls. Father, I thank you for this precious people. I thank you, Father, this Sunday morning coming to the end of November 2021 that a new day has dawned upon this work. A fresh wind has blown through and a fresh fire has come to burn within our bellies. We give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. And we magnify your holy name. If you believe that, stand to your feet this morning and begin to give him praise all over this place. Come on, Pastor John. Father, we give you all the glory, all the honor. We magnify you in Jesus' precious name.